This B-side episode is all about sexual and reproductive health. We're going to talk about teenage pregnancy, abortion, birth control, and HIV testing. Topics that are still a little taboo in the Philippines, which is a predominantly Catholic country. Mona S. Dionis, who manages the Iloilo chapter of the Family Planning Organization of the Philippines, tells Business World reporter Luisa C. Hawkson how we can champion family planning and better reproductive health policies. Uh, good afternoon. Um, I'm Luisa Hoxon, a multimedia reporter from Business World, and today I'm joined by Ms. Mona Dionis from the Iloilo chapter of FPOP, or the Family Planning Organization of the Philippines. So, Ms. Mona, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, good afternoon, Luisa. Um, I'm happy that, uh, excited also that you have invited us in Business World, so we also would like to share what we have in our organization, uh, serving the community. Thank you for being here. So for today's uh, podcast uh, session, we wanted to get a better grasp of uh, reproductive health and family planning in the country. So for my first question po, ma'am, currently po, um, with, with today's current administration, today's uh, policies, uh, what is your outlook po on our current laws on women's health and family planning? Do you think po this, we have uh, sufficient and progressive laws and policies? Uh, I'll give you first the background. So yes. the reproductive uh, RPR, that's Responsible Parenthood and Reproductive Health Act 10354, that is uh, during 2012, so known as the RH law. So it's a groundbreaking law that uh, with universal access, serving as medically safe, non-abortive patient, fully implemented and exercised, and it is effective at the same time legal, affordable, and quality healthcare services. Uh, these are already, uh, the Republic uh, Act is already in place. Yes. Yes. And the RPRH law at the national level has corresponding local ordinances and executive orders promulgated by the provinces, cities, and municipalities, actually. So this compodium of policies that are aligned in the national policies on women's health in general and family planning in particular help us ensure that women with SRH needs are met with services on the ground. So, as FPOP Iloilo and our different yes. chapters across the country are active members of the provincial, municipal, and city implementation teams of the RPRH. So, this is a multi-sectoral organization that leads in implementing the RPRH law. So, uh, what I can say is uh, being an active organization working with DOH and PAPCOM in this implementation of unmet needs of women, most especially DIDA areas, geographically isolated and disadvantaged areas, especially amidst COVID-19 pandemic, FPOPS called the Respond Project to address the gaps, especially teenage pregnancies, cases which rapidly increasing in our country. But then, RH law is sad to say that it's not yet fully implemented. 
and uh, the exercise and is not fully exercised in the entire country. There is still an issue that we still lack funds in order to fully implement what is in uh, that is already in place the RPRH law. So we still lack a lot of uh, funds in order to uh, have a full uh, implementation on this project. So I just hope that the another uh, 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 government um, um, set up we will have this exercise that our women they should be provided with priority especially under our age and uh, health and most especially their rights being a woman yes ma'am i i could remember pa nung kakalabas lang po ng rh i remember it it was very controversial i think i was yeah. at school at the time and yung, yes, I know. Atinyo you so active Yes, yes. And I remember some some classes would even that would be a question on our tests. Do you support or do you agree with the reproductive health law? It was a very big deal. I remember so many people talking about it. So I wanted to also ask, you know, the Philippines were a very uh predominantly conservative and Catholic country. That's why when the law came out, I, I re- recall then when I would attend Mass on Sundays, I think our, our priests, our pastors, they would, it was a topic, it was a discussion, yeah. right? It was yeah. a very big deal, no? So with your organization, with FPOP, what are some of the hurdles or obstacles you've had to face dealing with what should be normal family planning and reproductive health you know it it should be something not considered taboo but it yeah. is it it seems like it is here no in our country because of our culture yes uh, i do yes. agree with you uh actually i was already in fpop 1990s and 1995 i think it's already started with the advocacy of passing the rh bill and then it was only 2012, and there are a lot of struggles, actually, <laughs> of advocates and all having the rally. I had even um, attended last, when I was in Manila, going into, there's a rally and anti, anti, uh, up to Ateneo, that places. So it's really a, a success then that uh, it was being passed, no? So, as FPOP, to some degrees, there are really challenges that brought about by opposing views on the sexual and reproductive health. So, um, our conservatives, so they bend towards pro-life policies, which are most of the time at odds with, pro-fa- with pro-choice advocacies. Yes, so we pursue particularly on women's health and well-being. Uh, this is also a fight. If you're a woman, this is also a fight between your right and being a woman. Being we are all, uh, we are all uh, promoting the right as being empowered woman. Uh, I would really uh, being in this health uh, uh, system. I would always, um, I would always uh, educate women that they should be empowered, no? 
So this is really a big issue with regards to RPRH law. So there are times that we had the petitions of the Supreme Court by this group, so they, which led to the delayed implementation of the provision of RPRH law, even though it's already being passed. No? So before this was resolved, government entities and service providers were not able to offer certain RH services. It is being petitioned. And while there is a petition, this is where our organization, FPOP, stepped in and offered their services, our services, which includes one example is provision of modern methods, so family planning, like the very um, uh, common and popular subdermal implants. So there was really a time when we go to communities, only us NDO, FPOP, is able to provide with this because under DOH there was a petition and they were not allowed. So that's why, but then eventually these issues were resolved. And our organization has always been helping the government in both in demand generation and service provision of sexual and reproductive health needs. So what we did before, we have a caravan and we provide services inside the van because we cannot use the government facility because that is under petition. But then for us, being a non-stock, non-stock, non-profit, service-oriented organization, we are here to, able to reach especially the poor, the underserved. So we are known for providing contraceptives and we were invited a lot of times by our partners, stakeholders, schools, friends from religious groups to discuss about HIV, teenage pregnancy, and other issues faced most especially by young people. So our discussion was aligned to their beliefs. So that's a big challenge for us to talk about contraceptives, most especially young people accessing such services. Though, uh, in our minds, what is most important is sexuality education, which is until now, it's not being uh, yet in the curriculum and it's yet being most practiced. So, it is there that where an individual is addressed to be only sexually responsible being so that they should not engage in high-risk behaviors and they should know how to protect themselves. So for me, it is still an individual that we always advocate that there should be a sexually responsible human being. With your with FPOP's projects, ano po yung reception, what is the reception of communities when you implement your programs on sexual education, what is the reception of the young people and also parents? What what is what has been your experience po sa reaction nila when you're trying yes. to spread this edu this knowledge? Actually, uh, at first uh, what we did is we train peer educators because we do believe uh, our target most are young people, so we do believe that 
we should have a peer-to-peer uh, interaction. So, the most of the thing that a, a, a young person is listening to is always his or her peers. So, that is how we have this strategy. No? So, uh, these peers are the ones uh, educating our 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 young people, and in the in the community, uh, because we are under the bearer of TOH and Papcom, so we always uh, do some courtesy, especially to the DOH staff, to the Papcom staff. Uh, although our LGUs may not be as uh, uh, cooperative or not be on our side, but then these agencies, these government agencies are still there who are really doing their best also to uh, explain to the mothers, to the women, to the pregnant that here we are. This is a part of the uh, pro- the program of the Department of Health, the PAPCOM, which is under our government. So with that, po, I wanted to zero in on specific issues that FPOP, some of your thrusts, no? So I wanted to talk about, uh, let's go to HIV and AIDS testing. So this is uh, something, a uh, bit of a stigma attached to it. How can we encourage po our Filipinos to get tested, especially when it's not uh, compulsory? No, HIV testing, it's not uh, mandatory in the law. How do we encourage our people to get tested without feeling ashamed? Na, how can we help them understand that it's uh, medical? It's, it's just a purely yeah. medical thing, like any other medical test that you get in the hospital. Actually, we uh, here in FPOP Iloilo, we already have our treatment hub. So we have already enrolled more than 600 PLHIV, means people living with HIV, and most of them are young people. Yes, that's exactly true. Stigma is more than what they, uh, they encountered. These clients, they, they encountered more the stigma than the medical <laughs> uh, condition. So we have a lot of counselors, we have a lot of uh, case managers, we have a lot of uh, mental health workers, we have a lot also of media uh, practitioners, and uh, even uh, we have um, Facebook pages, because I know a lot of people, just because of stigma, they are ashamed, it's true. So here at FPOP Ililo, we have started on better ways to increase the demand of HIV testing without being forcing them to do so. So this includes effective communication. So marami kaming pinopost sa mga, <laughs> sa mga application na, ano, and we also have a lot of mass uh, campaigns in radio, TV, uh, ano, so in effective communication and education, most especially the key affected population. So a more responsive and innovative way of providing prevention. So commodities like 
condoms, lubes. Uh, we also introduced PrEP, which is just an FPOP law. And maybe to some others now, they are using it in Manila, Davao. Uh, but then we are one of the pilot uh, also uh, organization, the PrEP for that is for prevention. And also PrEP is, it is like a pill that um, you will not be uh, catched by the virus. So differentiated testing modalities. Ang dami namin strategies like we have the CBS screening. So CBS screening means that we train leaders, we train um, uh, active members of the key population group, key affected population, so that they will be the ones to screen their uh, the group. So this is where we get this... Uh, and uh, also self-testing, we are now introducing it. Yes, uh, that is through online. You just register and you can avail of it. So this is work closely with the OH, Western Visayas, and to ensure these endeavors that is supported by the national government agencies and also the local government units. But then there are only uh, areas wherein it is being piloted by Global Fund and WHO, so we're one of the recipients of it. No? And the HIV screening is done by trained HIV counselors and HIV CDS motivators. So, ang dami namin na train, even the call centers, they have those medical uh, staff, the nurses, the doctors on their uh, call centers, on the institutions, on the schools. It's in the schools, they, we have also the doctor and the nurses in their clinics, so we train them also. So, uh, the only uh, way to know the status, of course, is to get tested no? and screened. So, we always promote that HIV screening and testing are free, accessible, and available. So, we have 24-hour Facebook page, so there are a lot of... Um, uh, asking uh, how do we avail of this. So that is one of the strategies that we're doing now, walk-ins and others on the community. So so even a minor can access HIV screening. Yeah. So it lowers down to 15, but through the assessment of facilities of our social worker, we have this proxy consent. Actually, we are the... Uh, proponent of UNICEF since uh, this 15-year-old, uh, we are the ones who initiated that it will be lower down to 15-year-old because before we have a 14-year-old client that is PLHIB and now he's already 18 and he's already uh, normal and um, of course he is still with uh, ARB but then we have saved his life even during the time of PLHIV is at the age of 14 because we have this proxy consent and it is provided with our social workers. So, uh, stigma and discrimination about HIV are still there. But then, advocacies like ours, like us, 
are getting louder, which many are having the urge to get tested. Yes, especially when they are aware that they are they are the high-risk uh, group. And HIV and screening is, and testing, um, we always give, provide that this information and confidentiality are always protected. So it is the reason why stigma is still attached to it because these people are or would also like that they will also be protected and all will be served with confidentiality. Uh, so another another highly debated topic in the country is abortion. So last I checked, uh, it's currently still illegal. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? Uh, or what are FPOP's thoughts on this? If it were ever made legal, if the time should come, how would we carry about its implementation then? In clinics, institutions, hospitals? What are your thoughts, Paul? Uh, actually, uh, if you ask for, for me, uh, actually there are already part of POH that when it is, uh, there is a need for the abortion, uh, it is being catered to like, uh, if it is a rape or if it is the saving in life of a woman, then that is it. But then, um, still, uh, you mentioned that still illegal. So, uh, Yes, there are efforts to start discussions on the Philippine Congress on the contestants, topics like this. No? So our organization will await for whatever policy that guides us for the government on this sensitive topic. No? So there are many opposing views on abortion and it needs to be thoroughly discussed and sorted out before we get to that point of any semblance of implementation. So... We are not yet there, so there is nothing much more to discuss. I know that the government will do something about it when it is when they feel it's a need of the country. And for now, we just need to ensure the women's health and rights are not compromised. And so we need to work hard on the protection, on the protection and prevention. So, uh, for me, on my thoughts, uh, we should be more. Um, uh, we should do more efforts for the prevention in order that there will be a no issues raised on abortion. Uh, because it's already... Uh, <laughs> uh, there are a lot of ways to prevent uh, pregnancy. So it is also one of our... Uh, the ones we cater in FPOP. We don't want young people to get pregnant and have this... Um, have this problem of abortion and all, so they should be educated and all. But then, uh, if this will be legal, we should train more service providers because it is uh, yeah, at least also for providing abortion. And to the client, we should be self-client-centered uh, and friendly and making clients feel that they are safe their information is protected at the same time. And uh, for me, um, even though it's an issue there, but then I know the OH have been doing something like if it is under rape. So maybe you as a woman don't feel yourself if, if it is coming from the rape, that if you see your child and you are being 
raped by 10 people, you will always be, uh, you will always be uh, reminded of what happened to you for the, <laughs> for these 10 people. No? So it also a lot, deals a lot with your mental health. As a woman, you still have the right to decide for yourself, for your own uh, body and for your own decision. Still have the choice. I, I wanted to ask Ngapo, since it's still illegal, um, have you had any news of, for example, backdoor, backdoor abortions? Are there, are there young girls, because it's not an option currently, uh, aside from special cases like rape or for medical, for medical purposes, um, in other countries also, people are saying that there's a need to legalize it to prevent backdoor abortion so that you, we can provide a safer option for yeah. for women. What do you think about that, Pop? Uh I think about when you say backdoor, it's not uh, safe. It's still uh, a risk on the life of a woman because uh, other don't practice safety measures and others may not have that uh, well uh, uh, training on such uh, because it's not still mostly available in our DOH and, and unless you are a, a physician that is also catering it. So we don't even um, uh, we don't even agree with the doctor because Still, it is the life of a woman which is at stake, especially that the practice is, uh, it's not, it's uh, not safe, it's unsafe. So we don't uh, encourage those to, to the woman who is uh, having unsafe, uh, uh, who's going to take uh, unsafe abortion in the first place. So maybe that's one also of the issue that we should, because there are a lot already of women who are dying because of unsafe abortion. So we should take note on that. And as a woman, we, it is also our, you know, to be sympathetic with that kind of a situation. So uh, some others would say, oh, Hong Kong is, um, they, or other places like, oh, these countries have uh, legal abortion, so these Filipino women come into their country in order for the abortion. <laughs> that's how. Uh, that's what I heard to others. Yes. Yes, because it there they are accepted. Uh, they are they have this, and it is legal in their country. So uh, those who can afford can go into their country and have some sort of abortion. Um, so next, what I'd like to discuss, Feb 8, that was the official start of campaigning season for our presidential and vice presidential uh, candidates. So we're at a very, very uh, crucial point in time right now. I think all industries can say the same. Will the policies from the previous administration, will they carry over to the new administration or what changes will the new administration bring? So with this, with the upcoming elections, what do you think is the forecast on the policy uh, implementation of um, sexual and reproductive health laws? or And what do you hope to see 
what are we hoping to see? This will be another, uh, another leader, um, yeah. who will be very, um, she or he will be very important and very influential on what laws we're going to see for our SRH issues. Yes, uh, of course. Uh... FPOP is an organization that's non-partisan, but then uh, that's why we at FPOP would continue to advocate for more responsive programming on sexual and reproductive health and rights. So FPOP had been lobbying at the national, regional, and local levels to ensure that these programs and practices and activities on the corresponding investments are in place and continue to what we have in the past decade. So we want to ensure that regardless who will win in the elections, policies are already in simply in the say and uh, place and lasting and uninterrupted progress now in the sexual and reproductive health. Though I can say that in the current administration, uh, it supported the implementation of the RPRH law. Okay. So. We just hope to see in the candidates' platforms, which are the following, no? Who would ever come and who would ever be uh, the winner? There. So their support of RPRF, uh, uh, RPRH law, its program implementation. So they should reach and serve people, especially the women with SRH services. I hope you can see that. And... Um, we also hope for the strengthening of public and private support for SRH, then giving equal opportunities to highlight uh, our advocacy. No? So then there will be training of service providers, then making SRH information dis- dissemination accessible and available through online and offline platforms. So we hope to see this, and of course the budget, if uh, to be uh, provided uh, equally and uh, to be given uh, the chance, so that um, we are must go on with this uh, lobbying and uh, of course our services on the sexual and reproductive health. And I'm proud to say that it is more on the women that is giving the benefits of this RH law. So I hope we will always fight for women. Because it is always the women should be uh, provided with uh, these services in order that uh, we women should uh, be um, uh, a big, uh, having a big contribution to not only economy but also on the health. And of course, uh, women empowerment should be in place that because I know in our families, it is always the women who is given uh, the responsibility over how to let the children grow, their values, and all. And, of course, uh, managing the family. Uh, so I just hope that we will always have, as women, uh, given the chance on the health system to be well um, provided for. So with that, we have a very, uh, very interesting outlook for next year. No, it's hard to say exactly what, what changes it will bring. We're not quite sure. 
Um, another issue I wanted to briefly talk about was um, uh, age of consent. It was recently uh, ra- we were able to raise the age of consent to 16. This was under this administration, Duterte, uh, where he also signed a bill banning child marriage and a law to ban online sexual exploitation. No. So I I was reading what one of uh, FPOP's missions then was with regards to sex and gender based uh, violence. So what are some of uh, your projects or initiatives regarding this, or what are some future initiatives that you will would hope to see to help um, f- sort of resolve this? Because uh, whenever they would release lists of um, child uh child trafficking and child exploitation the philippines is always on that list you know we have a very we we have a very bad reputation when it comes to our young our young people and being sexually exploited actually we already have our uh sdbb sexual gender and uh based violence uh here in our clinic so we are just uh, proud to say that um, children in conflict with the law uh, run by the government, the SWD, and also um, like some Dalayunan or boys, uh, you know, which are minors, uh, they are our partners and they uh, came here for they refer here because we have social workers and mental health uh, service officers who are going to deal with this. So, um, in terms of abuse, uh, we are catering these services, especially uh, like one time in Iloilo City, the, there was a complaint against a minor, that 16-year-old, that they are being raped by 8 or 10 gays. Uh, so they had really come into the clinic and we provided legal services to them in cases if there will be a race of um, a court um, or there is a court, uh, we provide officers, legal officers, attorneys for that. So maybe I, what I can say is we have to strengthen, uh, there is a certain legal uh, in the barangays for the SDBB, so it is now that we are going to organize it that as much as the barangay level alone, it will be um, uh, well implemented and it will be uh, activated. It will be activated that much since our young people they are really our uh, we say especially FPOP they cater much more on the young people. We are more on um, protecting and uh, the rights of the young people. And of course, we educate and we nourish them uh, to become leaders. So for us, it's a big issue and it is not being addressed, especially the gender-based violence. Uh, since FPOP is um, non-judgmental, non-discriminative organization, so we also promote and protect our LGBT groups, yes, and uh, those uh, having conflict with the law, 
young people. So we must as well uh, serve them. So dapat lang siguro that uh, we should address this issue and uh, problem with our society. Dahil ang dami na eh. There's so many already. I, I wanted to ask nga po, just your thoughts, why do you think here in our country, in the Philippines, why is it so common? Why is it, is it um, cultural, is it a cultural thing? Is it, do we lack the education for it? Why is it just so prominent? Here in our country, uh, I probably think that maybe our our government has been so lax. The the implementation of the law, as uh, although we really have these laws, but then it's not fully exercised. As what I mentioned, that even just in the barangay level, they should be activated, and all and all our police and. Of course, there are a lot of works of our DSWD social workers, so hindi lang pwede na sila lang ang gagalaw. It should level down into the ground, na parang sa barangay lang, barangay pa mismo. It should be uh, activated and it should be exercised na lahat sila marunong and trainings will be, uh, kailangan talaga i-train yung mga tao. Para bang it's not yet fully, uh, hindi pa siya naka-exercise ano, uh, mabuti. That's why there are so many, there's so many lapses and gaps in terms of this na minsan hindi na, ano, hindi siya na-follow up, hindi siya na, ano. That's why even us, uh, we are an NGO, but then government, uh, uh, government institution is still dito pa sa amin ni, eh, ano, dito pa sa amin ni, eh, refer when they should be the lead agencies, no? Diba? Parang ganun siya. Parang iba ang nangyari because we are already, we equip ourselves with legal officers in terms of SGBB. We have uh, mental health officers, we have our social workers, and we have our medical workers wherein tinitest sila. Then we have also free services, especially when they are young people because they don't still have the capacity to pay whatever the services that will be provided to them. So we have support from other international agencies who are also looking towards even just you are a client and you have mental health, kahit ganun lang, we are so... Uh, Uh, we are so conscious about it and bibigyan talaga siya ng counseling and all kung pwede pa mga services na uh, ibibigay. For my last question for today, what do you hope po is your outlook? What is your outlook for the future for for our young women, for our young men as well, our LGBTQ community, for all these issues? What do we hope? Because as you've mentioned, there's still a lot to do. No, there's still so much to improve, so much to to work on. So forward looking, what what are we hoping for in these next few years? I really hope that this should be in place. This should be given uh, attention by our government, and of course there will be, there should be support sometimes because of inadequacy. 
hindi siya magawa dahil sa mga kakulangan ng ano ng uh, support coming from our government especially yung staff alone and uh, the structure kulang-kulang siya and even our law sana mayroon pa tayo mga ano na these are mag, uh, we will be having such law na kailangan i-address ito so that magagawa siya na ano uh, will be given attention to kasi ano na siya especially mental health ang dami and also our LGBT groups marami rin ang mga issues on discrimination on violence marami rin nangyayari so do, we don't want it to happen uh, good enough for us that we were able to uh, provide in our own little way that we can help these people but then hindi lang dapat kami it should be the lead of the government because sila ang may pera for that na mayroon silang budget for that <laughs> sana bigyan naman ng pansin no there are a lot even in a day ang daming ano daming news regarding those things no people are being abused not only domestic violence within the house but also even in the society marami nangyayari thank you miss mona for your time and for sharing your insights and for making time for this podcast today thank you it was very a pleasure to speak with you thank you also for giving us the chance at least uh, people may know we have this uh, contribution in our society that fpop can provide such services wherein um uh, As an NGO, we supplement and complement whatever uh, the government agencies' uh, implementation program. So we are we are here, we exist, and we are willing to provide. I hope in the future, meron pa tayong time na mag uh, for more, no? Maraming salamat. Yes, of course. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Mona S. Dionis, manager of the Iloilo chapter of the Family Planning Organization of the Philippines, speaking with Business World reporter Luisa C. Hoxon. Stigma and discrimination still prevent women and men from pursuing their right to sexual and reproductive health. According to Ms. Dionis, improving access to information and services begins with teaching sex education in schools and giving young people a safe space to talk and ask questions. This episode was recorded remotely on February 11. It was produced by Gina D. Nicolas and me, Sam El Marcelo. Thanks for listening.